Josh here with the IDP show. Now, look, if you know anything about our show, you know we're three mid-30s dads rolling into the So Shack every week at about 9 p.m. to record a fantasy football podcast. We've got kids, we've got jobs, so we are worn out when it comes time to record, which is why I'm excited to share about our newest sponsor. It is Liquid IV, which is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Y'all, in just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use this first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out. So what do we love about Liquid IV? Convenient packaging, you just rip the top off and pour it into your water, shake it up and you're ready to go. Comes in a bunch of amazing flavors. I love strawberry lemonade and watermelon are my two favorite. And one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. 12 delicious flavors. I mentioned a couple. They're refreshing. They're going to keep your hydration routine exciting so it's not the same old flavor time and time again. It contains five essential vitamins, y'all. Listen to these B vitamins, B3, 5, 6, 12, and vitamin C. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV, they believe that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So they partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated, listen to this y'all, over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So we are very excited to partner with them. And if you want to try it out, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code IDP show at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code IDP show at liquidiv.com. Check it out and tell them the IDP show sent you. This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is week four, the audio edition. Thank you everyone for joining me. I hope you all had a good week three. The injuries are piling up. The shenanigans is nonstop, but we do what we always do. We adjust and we move on. We are like zombies. They're going to have to really try to kill us. And that's how we win these days. We make the best moves we can every week and we outlast everyone else. And that's how you take on the titles in this modern fantasy environment. So with that being said, let's get you all caught up on all the best cornerback news, notes, and the best streams for week four. Let's start with some transparency from week three. Another excellent week of calls across the board. I was 84% accurate on 58 adjusted calls last week. That's down from 69 originally. 11 were inactive or injured during play. 40% of all of the correct calls this last week were massive hits. So double, tripled, quadrupled projection, etc. Just huge games out of all those guys. I am sitting at 82% accuracy for the season. I have a 43 massive hit rate this season. 
This is the best statistical season I think I've ever had. Things are going real well so far, so knock on wood. I'm sure there'll be a slump at some point, but it's uh, it's not happening now, that's for sure. Let's look at last week's cornerback ones and twos I recommended, starting with A.J. Terrell. He met and exceeded his projection last week, so we're looking good there. I also recommended Derek Stingley against the Jaguars. He was inactive, so that you know toss-up right there is what it is. Patrick Sertain versus Miami last week beat his projection. Byron Murphy versus the Chargers last week tripled or quadrupled his projection, depending on what kind of league you're in, what site you're on, but blew way past it. Massive game for Byron Murphy against the Chargers last week. That was awesome. I, I had a league where I had Byron Murphy, Kendall Fuller, and Asante Samuel Jr. combined for over 70 points between the three of them. And I'm playing some some random guy on Yahoo in a all IDP league. And he had no idea what hit him. It was absolutely insane. This guy thought he had a chance. Once we got through with the corner streams, I was up a ton of points. So this is absolutely an X factor. I, I had leagues this week where Christian Harris was supposed to be like a starter and play a bunch of snaps, but got out snapped by Blake Cashman and my cornerback streams saved me and helped me win those matchups. There are all kinds of examples I can think of just in this past week where good cornerback streams saved me and helped me win games. And that's what they do. So really good stuff there. Keep it going here. So Kendall Fuller versus Buffalo tripled his projection last week. So huge one right there as well. Marco Willis against, excuse me, Marco Wilson against Dallas last week beat his projection as well. So we're looking good there as well. Carlton Davis was inactive again for the Eagles game. So toss up there. Darius Slay did not beat his projection against the Bucks, So we, we do have one incorrect for last week. Uh, and then Cam Taylor Britt was over his projection. So out of all those cornerback ones and twos I recommended last week, one was wrong on the audio podcast. So we're looking pretty good there. Dart throws last week. Damari Mathis met his projection. Steven Nelson beat his projection. Asante Samuel Jr. doubled his projection. Caleb Evans more than quadrupled his projection. Benjamin St. Juiced against the Bills tripled his projection. Dante Jackson met his projection. C.J. Henderson injured is what it is. Akella Witherspoon went way past his projection with an interception. So out of all those recommendations just on the audio podcast last week, what wrong? That's it. So things are looking pretty good. You know, we're feeling it here. So let's keep it going with some good cornerback streams. Best matchups for week four. The obvious one is definitely Bills and Dolphins, right? So these two teams combined for over 100 points last week. That's pretty good. Two excellent offenses, you know, divisional matchup. These guys both have aspirations for the Super Bowl. So should be quite the back and forth affair. We've got an early 50-point over-under line from Vegas, so tons of offense should be involved. That's This is going to be an excellent place to stream corner this week. I like that matchup quite a bit. I like the Panthers' side of Carolina, Minnesota. So Kirk Cousins is averaging over 31 completions per game. That is excellent. That is a really solid floor for our Carolina cornerbacks going up against the Vikings. So I like that side of that matchup quite a bit. I like Raiders Chargers quite a bit. I mean, this is assuming Jimmy G is able to play, but if so, we've got a 50.5 over under, so tons of offense implied there. You know, the Chargers passing attack has been spectacular this season, so we're all systems go for Nate Hobbs, Marcus Peters, Jacorian Bennett. And then if we can get Jimmy G healthy for the Raiders this week, I like Asante Samuel again. 
We will talk about some of the shenanigans for the Chargers cornerbacks beyond him here shortly, but I do like that matchup in general. That's a good matchup. Worst matchups for week four include Ravens and Browns. This one has a 44 over under, which isn't terrible, but Lamar Jackson is averaging under 23 completed passes per game. Deshaun Watson's hovering at about 20 completed passes per game. These are two of the better defenses in the league. This is an outdoor game in Cleveland right off the Great Lakes. So super windy, super rainy. We've seen this weather negatively affect passing attacks in week one this season. And then famously a couple of years ago, the Raiders Cleveland game where they completed like four or five passes total across that entire game. So definitely some negative factors in that one. I will not be touching Ravens-Browns this week for cornerback streams. And then there are a lot of other just kind of mediocre matchups this week. Nothing that really stands out beyond Bills and Dolphins and Raiders Chargers, assuming we have a healthy Jimmy G. So with those mediocre matchups, the best you can do is take advantage of the good side of that matchup. Trust the guys that have done it before. Trust the guys that have the historical production that have been consistent with us before, for us before. The guys that play every snap every week. Those are the guys that we want to trust in these mediocre matchups we've got this week. So that's what I'm doing. Guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Razul Douglas, guys like that. I, I trust them in any iffy situation. Those are the guys I go to. All right, let's look at some cornerback ones and cornerback twos for week four here. We'll start with Razul Douglas going up on the Thursday night game against the Lions. So Detroit is averaging about 25 completions per game, which is, you know, about middle ground, not too terrible. This is outdoors in Green Bay, so weather could be a factor, so keep an eye on that. Plus, traditionally, Thursday night games are just garbage. But, you know, these are two teams that have winning records, two teams that have aspirations on winning their division. You know, Jordan Love showed us he's got something last week, that's for sure, with that incredible fourth quarter comeback. Uh, the Lions passing offense and offense in general has just been completely humming this entire season. So I, I think we got some good stuff there. You know, Jair Alexander is a little beat up, but that could help Razul Douglas as he might shift his responsibility to Amon Ra St. Brown. Regardless, I like this stream quite a bit for the Green Bay side of things and then a little bit for the Detroit side of things. So Razul Douglas, definitely like a corner two this week, I feel like. Another guy that could be a corner one or corner two this week, A.J. Terrell. So this is assuming that Trevor Lawrence and the Jags can return to form somewhat. But I mean, they have to, right? This is a top 10 passing attack from last year. If anything, they got better in the offseason, getting Calvin Ridley off of suspension. They just can't keep going the way they're going. I, I got a feeling they're going to turn it around at some point. There is too much talent on that team for them to stink all year. So this is a get right game for them. I feel like it is anyway. So I'd like AJ Terrell here quite a bit up against this Jags passing attack. I feel like AJ Terrell could be, a, excuse me, could be a corner one or corner two this week. All right, moving on. Another guy I think could be a corner one or a corner two this week. More likely a corner one with this matchup. Cater Kohu, Miami will likely be on Stefan Diggs. This is very likely a shootout. Everything from the implied over-under from Vegas to just the eyeball test on these two passing attacks tells us tells us that this is going to be a great game to stream from. And Cater Kohu is one of the best options within that game. So I like Cater Kohu to be a corner one or corner two this week easily. I also like Kenny Moore quite a bit this week for the Colts going up against the Rams. 
So the Rams have quietly been pretty effective, especially with their passing offense this season. So Kenny Moore will either be responsible for Puka Nakua, who's had 42 targets in three games, or Tutu Atwell, who's had 26 targets in three games. Either way, we're looking at, what, eight-ish, nine-ish targets right there? You know, if Kenny Moore can deflect one or two of those passes, get a few tackles, that's his floor right there. And we know that he's good enough to get production and run stopping, maybe blitz off the corner, get an interception, etc. I think Kenny Moore is in a really good spot to have a huge gain this week up against the Rams. All right, and another guy I like this week, Marshawn Lattimore over on the Saints. So it's Saints and Tampa Bay this week. Lattimore will very likely be on Mike Evans. In fact, we can probably all remember times where Marshawn Lattimore has been on Mike Evans because it usually ends in flags being thrown and necklaces or chains being yanked off and punches and stuff like that. These guys really don't like each other and Lattimore always locks up Evans. So Lattimore is in a good spot to cover the most targeted guy on the Bucks this week. And Lattimore has been productive anyway. He's been in some really crappy matchups this year, and he's done fine. I don't think he's been under projection once this entire season. So Lattimore is a great option this week. Another one that I really like, I mentioned this earlier, but Raiders, Nate Hobbs, obviously, I mean, he's an automatic start every week anyway, but this is a really great matchup for him. He has not yet been under projection this year. He has 25 tackles in three games. Nate Hobbs is on course for 141 combined tackles, which is absolutely insane. You know, he was down a little bit in playing time last week with just 82% of snaps, but, but that was more a game script thing. Pittsburgh was in town. They run a little bit more than they pass. So Nate Hobbs, you know, didn't get his full snap compliment. I think that will not be an issue this week. They've got the Chargers who love to pass the ball. Hobbs should be right back up towards upper 90s in a snap percentage. And, and quite frankly, it hasn't mattered. He, he's gone past his projection anytime he's been on the field, really, in the last two years. So really good setup for Nate Hobbs this week. I like him quite a bit to be a corner one, just like mo- most weeks. All right, moving on to some dart throws for this week. So some guys that maybe aren't as safe as the corner ones and twos I just talked about, but you know could still have a really nice game. These are some medium to deeper league type guys. But, you know, under the radar, easier to get off waivers, easier to start in those leagues where all the the known guys have already been taken. So the first one is Christian Benford, Buffalo Corner. So he has won the job. He beat out Kerr Elam and Dane Jackson to become the third cornerback here in Buffalo. He's played 100% of snaps every week, every game this season. In fact, he even played 100% of snaps last week when the game was over and everyone else got to rest. So this is a good thing. So this means even if there's garbage time, Benford will still be involved. They've got the Dolphins across from them. This is a team that just put up 70 points last week. This is one of the most prolific passing offenses in the league. I think Christian Benford is in for a good game, no doubt. Another couple of guys I like from that matchup, Teron Johnson and Xavier Howard. So while these two aren't as locked in as Cater Kohu, maybe, who we mentioned in the corner one and two section. They're both in a good position as well. Same reasons, right? Really good matchup. Teron Johnson has quietly been climbing back towards that playing time he had last season that we really liked. He played about 84% of snaps last week before resting because it was a blowout and the game was over. 
he should play quite a bit this week, and he's traditionally been very good, and this is a great matchup to give him another shot. And another guy I like is Xavier Howard, so he does not have the tackle floor that maybe Teron Johnson or Cater Kohu or some other guys have, but this is a guy that's gone over double-digit interceptions before for us. So, you know, he's a splash play guy, and I think he's got a really good chance to get one of those this week. There's going to be a ton of aerial fireworks back and forth, so you know, more more than other weeks, I think Xavier Howard has a good shot for an interception this week. So I, I like him as a dart throw. All right, another dart throw I like this week is Dante Jackson, Carolina Panthers. So simply because of just who's left and who's alive in the cornerback core for the Panthers, I think Dante Jackson is going to be responsible for Justin Jefferson. Uh, CJ Henderson was injured last week and is iffy. Troy Hill was his replacement. Troy Hill is like a cornerback five. That's how far down the depth chart they've gone this year. J.C. Horn is out for the season. Jeremy Chin is playing some corner, but not much of it. He's playing about 75% of snaps a game, which is absolutely insane. Makes no sense, but it is what it is. So Dante Jackson is really the only remaining true cornerback starter on the Panthers that's still here right now. So I think, you know, he's been playing 100% of snaps every week. He's been at or just under his projection every week. And he's probably going to get Justin Jefferson this week, who gets just showered with targets week after week. So Dante Jackson is in a good spot to have a good game this week. Another guy I like is Patrick Peterson. So this is definitely a little bit more risky. This is going up against the Houston Texans. But quietly, C.J. Stroud is completing north of 25 passes per game. Beyond that, I think there's a good chance that the Texans will be in a negative game script this week. And they'll be in a negative game script indoors. So that's a good thing as well. I think by halftime, the Steelers are up. You know, third quarter maybe blows open. And regardless, third and fourth quarter, just like two out of the three games so far this year for the Texans, Stroud will be forced to abandon the run and just start passing his brains out. When that happens, Patrick Peterson is in a great position to take advantage of that. Tackles, passes defended, maybe an interception, etc., I think Patrick Peterson is in a good spot to have a good game this week. Another couple guys I like this week, Kendall Fuller. So second week in a row, he's in a good spot for a good cornerback stream. The Eagles are in town this week. The Bills were in town last week. The only issue with the Eagles is, are we going to get the passing Eagles or are we going to get the running Eagles, right? There's two completely different offenses on this team, and we really never know which one we're going to get. But I'm assuming that we get enough of Devonta Smith or A.J. Brown that Kendall Fuller will be able to eat and surpass his projection. So I think he's looking good for this week. Another guy I like, this is a deeper dart throw, but Jacorian Bennett, Raiders. Uh, I've mentioned him before. His appeal is he plays 100% of snaps a week. No one's heard of him. You can get him off waivers. He's not Marcus Peters. He's not Nate Hobbs. So he's the lesser of all evils. He may be targeted simply because of that fact. Justin Herbert is completing over 30 passes per game. So there's plenty to eat for this Raiders cornerback core. So I like Ja'Cory Bennett quite a bit as a dart throw this week. Another dart throw I like this week, Christian Gonzalez. After a quiet week last week, I think he bounces right back to the production we saw in weeks one and two. So he is very likely going to be on CeeDee Lamb. The only way this doesn't happen is if Jonathan Jones is magically healthy again and comes back this week and immediately takes that Gonzalez role uh, on the best uh, wide receiver on the opposing team, which could happen. It's the Patriots. Anything's possible. But 
what we've seen is Christian Gonzalez play 100% of snaps three games in a row or close to it, which is crazy, but true. And I think, especially when we saw him slow down Tyreek Hill when they played Miami, that he will be on CD Lamb this week. With that in mind, the Patriots know what they're doing. Belichick knows what knows what he's doing. They're going to destroy and kill the Dallas run game. They're going to force Dak Prescott to throw the ball, and he's going to throw it to the wrong team. I would bet the mortgage on it. And even if he doesn't, he'll be throwing the CD quite a bit. And Gonzalez will likely be at least partially responsible for covering CD Lamb. So Christian Gonzalez is in a good spot to have a good game this week as a dart throw. And my last favorite kind of dart throw for week four is Dory Jackson will very likely be on DK Metcalf. And if he's not, then he's on Tyler Lockett. So who cares? Either way, he's going to be on a guy that's targeted quite a bit. Adoree Jackson is always a good option. He's always productive. He typically beats out his projection. He's the best IDP streaming cornerback option on the Giants. The Seahawks passing attack is pretty solid. And it's not like he's lit the world on fire so far this season. So you could probably get him off waivers. I know I've put in uh, a few waiver claims for him this week. So uh, Dory Jackson, final dart throw for this week. All right, some ideas that seem good, but maybe aren't include the following. So Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed against the 21st ranked Chiefs passing attack in terms of wide receiver targets last year. So that has improved this year. The Chiefs are currently, excuse me, ninth so far this season. But I feel like that's an outlier. That's that's inflated simply due to the fact that week one, they did not have Travis Kelsey. So they didn't have an option to target anyone but their wide receivers. And we saw how that went. You know, since then, Kelsey's returned, he, and he's slowly getting back up to his normal target share. I think last year's ranking in regards to wide receiver targets is more accurate in regards to the Chiefs. They just don't have very good wide receivers. They're okay, but they're not great. So, you know, it, it, Sauce and DJ Reed are pretty good. That, that is for sure. But I just don't think it's going to be a slam dunk this week. I would still start them. It would just be like a deeper leagues only thing just because the Chiefs tend to target Kelsey in their running backs out of the backfield more than their wide receivers. So this feels like an overinflated projection type thing by, you know, some of the league sites and whatnot that they just don't look into this as deep as some of us. So just buyer beware. It's not a slam dunk for Sauce or DJ Reed this week. They should be fine. I'm, I'm starting DJ Reed in many places. I'm starting Sauce in a few places. But we just, they're not corner one and two lock type guys for me this week. So just wanted to throw that out there. Beyond that, same game, any Chiefs cornerback this week. So the Jets are dead last in the league in regards to targeting their wide receivers this season. Beyond that, they are 64 behind the leader in that category, which is the Minnesota Vikings. 64 is about three games worth of wide receiver targets right there. So that is how historically bad the Jets' passing attack is right now. So any Chiefs corners this week would need to get their production through splash plays and or run defense. And that's a tall order, right? We never bet on that. We bet on our corners getting their production from being targeted, from the the wide receivers they're covering being targeted, getting those easy tackles after completion, or, you know, throwing their arm out at the last second getting a, uh, a pass. Uh, that's our floor. That's what we count on. Anything else is unpredictable. We cannot count on sacks. We cannot count on run defense tackles. So I am shying away from my Chiefs corners this week. I feel like they're in a not good scenario at all. 
All right, and then just some miscellaneous notes to kind of wrap things up here. So over in Seattle, we've got an absolute mess in their cornerback core. So I do feel like Devin Witherspoon's going to be okay and will probably start 100% of snaps this week simply due to draft capital, the investment in him. He's one of the guys that held out on his rookie deal and got more money than he probably should have. You know, things like that. Like this guy is going to play, no doubt. Beyond that, Tariq Woolen is pretty banged up and may not play this week. So that's another positive factor for Devin Witherspoon. Devin Witherspoon was absolutely horrendous in week two. He got shredded on that flea flicker, which I've talked about before. But his PFF score did improve pretty dramatically into week three. So I feel like he solidified a role for himself in this cornerback core. Beyond that, we've got too many chefs in the kitchen. We've got Michael Jackson, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, Artie Burns. There might be one other as well for those two other slots. That's a ton of guys. So, you know, what I've seen so far is just a little bit of this guy, a little bit of that guy. What I like to see is cornerback one, cornerback two, 100% of snaps. Slot or nickel corner, whatever you, whatever you want to call them, you know, 80-ish or more percent of snaps, ideally as close to 100 as possible. That is not what we're getting on Seattle right now. We're getting Witherspoon at 100% and then just a dumpster fire behind him. So I am steering way clear of the Seahawks cornerback core for now if it's not Devin Witherspoon. And he actually may be a sneaky good start again this week. The only negative factor is they are playing the Giants. The Giants do not have a good passing attack. They do not pass the ball. So his ceiling may be limited, but you know, availability is the best ability. He's probably the only corner I'm pretty sure will play 100% of snaps for the Seahawks this week. So just some notes on him. And then over in Los Angeles with the Chargers, definitely got some shenanigans going on there as well. So JC Jackson was a healthy scratch and was benched in week three. This is a guy they paid a ton of money to, and they've just, you know, poured it down the drain. He was pulled. Jasir Taylor has replaced him. Jasir Taylor is not playing anywhere close to enough snaps for us to even consider him as an option. But yeah, JC Jackson's done, man. He has been benched. Beyond that, Michael Davis saw his playing time in week two just chopped, chopped way down. I believe it was like 30-something percent of snaps, 37% of snaps in week two, right? But then in week three, he shoots all the way back up to 100% of snaps. All of this is telling me that beyond Asante Samuel Jr., there is just a giant mess and a lot of fluctuation going on in the cornerback core on the Chargers. So the smart move with this, with the Seahawks, with the Panthers, with any of these situations where things are in flux is wait for it to calm down. If you know that a guy or two are locked in and good to go, feel free to stream them, but don't touch anything else beyond it. There are so many cornerbacks that are readily available every week off of waivers, you don't need to settle for bad ideas. So yeah, stay away from the Chargers beyond Asante Samuel Jr. Stay away from the Seahawks beyond Devin Witherspoon. Stay away from the Panthers beyond Dante Jackson. And let's see how these cornerback cores settle in. You know, once we get them locked down and know what we're dealing with, then we can go back to taking advantage of the streams that come out of those cornerback cores. But for now, it's just danger and avoiding danger is just as important as making good cornerback streams. All right, that's pretty much it. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Good luck in week four. Hope you all have some good streams that save your butts and help you win some matchups. And we'll do it again uh, next week. Same time, same place. Have a good night or a good week. Take care now. Bye-bye. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>